0: Welcome back to the Community Warehouse. My name is Imran Nangawal and I'm pleased to be joined once again by my co-host, Habib Qadri, educator, educator educational leader, uh, award-winning educator, and author. Habib, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well.
1: Welcome to be back.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time, my brother. It's good to good good to be back, and uh, hopefully, you've been well. I know we're gonna have a lengthy discussion sometime in the future about your educational tour. You went to Turkey, you went to Pakistan and a few other places. You were up for a really prestigious award, which we'll, which we'll discuss in the future.
1: Great, great. No problem.
0: So, so just wanna bring on uh, our next guest, Mary uh, Whitehall, who is the founder and executive director of Mary's List. Mary's List is a movement of neighbors and friends dedicated to welcoming new arrival refugee families into our community through inspired crowdsourcing solutions. Very interestingly, Mary got interested in this work because a friend of her had introduced her to a refugee family and uh, Mary's kids and the refugee kids were of the same age. So Mary's gonna give us more background information in terms of what was that spark, like what really uh, motivated her to start this uh, initiative. So without further ado, I'd like to bring Mary onto the screen. Hello, Mary.
2: Hi, hey, thanks Thanks for having me. It's so nice to see you today and, and get to get to spend some time together.
0: Uh, our pleasure to uh, spend time with you and to learn from you, and just happy to have someone of your caliber and your dedication on, on on our show.
2: Oh, thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you.
0: Awesome. So, uh, if, Habib, may I have the first question?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, for, for me, it's, 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 first of all, thank you so much for taking this opportunity, and I've heard some great stuff about you from Imran. But... So I just wanted to kind of get an idea, like what got you into this, this, uh, this, this idea of, of supporting refugees? Uh, did you have like a personal experience? So just one of first, before we ask you a lot of questions, just for our audience to know, like, you know, just your background and like what caused uh, this, this thought process of like, you know, helping supporting uh, individuals who you might have never known and said, hey, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that that transition is better.
2: You know, this began for me five, uh, it'll actually be almost six years ago in 2016. Hmm. Um, Mary's List today is a nonprofit organization working with families resettling as refugees in the United States. Um, But in 2016, I myself was taking a break from my career in advertising to be home with my children, who at the time were five months old and three and a half. I was very busy keeping my kids alive. And that was really difficult. And, um, you know, I was in my own kind of sort of state of survival at that point. And um, a friend of mine had just met a family who had moved to L.A. as refugees from Syria um, about three weeks prior. They had, you know, they had been here less than a month. and They had a baby who was the same age as my youngest. That's what you know, gave her the idea to call me and ask for some help because they just needed some basic childcare supplies. Mm -hmm. And that was originally how I met the first family who would become the first list family. Um, You know, meeting this family, being in their home. I, you know, I just remember we were just kind of sitting there on the floor in the living room, having this beautiful picnic of, you know, a group of people who didn't even share a language. They speak Arabic. I didn't, we were kind of using Google Translate to help with, but mostly it was just watching the kids and smiling and laughing. And it was so awkward, but it was just such a loving adventure. And I was just immediately drawn into this experience and also just looking around the room and just seeing that this was not a home that was functional, set up to be functional for, for, for a family. You know, in addition to the baby, they also had two five-year-old twins. And you know, in the bathroom, there wasn't towels. There wasn't, you know, the basic supplies. You know, there was a feeling of just kind of uh, like a vacancy, like it was in an empty apartment. Although there had been a family of five living there for three weeks, mm. It was startling to me because you know I was in, uh, you know, just living twenty minutes away in a completely different situation. Like my problem was that I had too many towels. Like uh, they were all in a pile on the floor in the bathroom, and. You know, I just saw this opportunity to jump in and kind of help them just to get that home set up. And ultimately, you know, I got to learn a lot more about, you know, the different challenges that families in this situation um, who are coming here, resettling, fleeing violence, fleeing persecution. You know, I I was faced with some of my own uh, assumptions about kind of what happens for refugees when they come to the United States. You know I've learned so much about what the government provides and you know getting to meet a lot more families. We've actually we enrolled our 761st family wow. in our program this week. Yeah.
0: Wow. It, it, Thank it, it's you. A, no, it's amazing because you know I, I always tell you know individuals that I mentor or talk to like we have these amazing ideas but we often fail to execute on them and sometimes it just takes this one little spark to take us from ideation to execution and it's amazing to know you're just a mother you're at home you're trying to survive you're trying to raise your kids and then because you have this chance well we, we would say it's not a chance but you have this interaction with this refugee family and they have kids that are of the same age as your kids and it just puts something in your heart. Where you're like, I have to do something, right? And you gave a great comparison. They didn't have towels, and you have extra towels. So it's just some thinking about something as small as that. So again, um, we're you know we're inspired by having you on, and it's just amazing to know the back background story. Our good friend golam who's also on the board, speaks about Mary's list so often, and you know just to know how the organization started and where it's come, uh, you know, to, to the present days is, is is really amazing.
1: Thank you. Uh, what do you think are some of the challenges? Like, you know, you know, for a lot of individuals, audience here, like, you know, for refugees, what do you think maybe are like three major challenges a refugee family maybe goes through when, when, when they're transitioning from another country to America?
2: Great question. I mean, there are truly, an, it's an endless list of potential challenges that can come up for a family, especially a family with young children, especially a family who's coming with grandma or grandpa, senior in the home. Mm-hmm. Um We work one-to-one with every single family to talk with them about their unique situation based on the priority of those needs we have three pillars of that the the year that we are spending with the family is broken down into these three pillars survive hive and thrive and we find that using this kind of like ordered method of our approach with the family means that we're going to be able to address their most urgent needs And then we're going to kind of take them through the process where we're beginning to think longer term. Mm. So we'll start with just doing a a, a needs assessment Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, asking, does everyone in the family have a bed to sleep in at night? Mm. And, you know, that's, you know, I would say, what's the first challenge? Not having the supplies that you need in your home to be functional and comfortable. Mm. Second challenge that would come up, um, needing to learn the language. You know, it's very common that one or maybe a couple of the family members will will come here speaking English, like like you and me, like really really high level English. But also, there's a lot of people in our program that just need practice speaking English. Um, and then a third a third thing I would say, that's probably career development and and mentorship. You know, finding jobs that are within our families' area of expertise. Mm-hmm. They're utilizing their education and experience, making sure that it's a true career path. There's so many engineers and doctors in our program who are working nights as security guards uh, who drive Uber and Lyft because if you can't meet your own most urgent needs, you, know, you don't have the option to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such... You know, all of this goes under the umbrella of, you know, why are these things so particularly difficult for resettling families um, versus, you know, you know, I would say all three of those things are hard for pretty much almost every vulnerable population. It's particularly hard for resettling refugee families in the United States, though, because the government provides just 90 days of support. Mm, There is a huge limit on what's available as far as support Mm -hmm. from the licensed resettlement agencies. And that's why community-based organizations like Miri's List and the other organizations that are doing this work, we're actually in a national coalition called the Hello Neighbor Network. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people who are working directly with families in their communities. And it's so important to be provided, to provide these community-based resources in addition to what they're receiving from the government.
1: So, we, as you as you had talked about, you, you brought up that there. I think there are three steps that you guys focus on. I, the first, you know, I just wanted to kind of make sure, just for the audience, if you could, you know, share those three one more time. I know one was survive, and then what was the second one? Uh,
2: survive, hive, thrive. Hive. Yes.
1: And thrive. I oh, got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Okay. Yes. So. so, so. So, so, okay, so, so and, and so you, and this is the process, like for your team and say, when, when you, when you meet a family, Hey, that's where that whole basic necessities. And then, then the idea of uh, kind of understanding those language and then kind of gave them at the idea of the career jobs. And so that placement, so you're kind of following them for some time. It's not just like, Hey, 90 days, we got you. Hey, now on your own. So look, just give us an idea. Like how long do you think you're working with the family? Is it for a year or two or um, just kind of just a timeline for us to understand?
2: It's a 12-month program. I see, okay. But I got to tell you, most people who graduate, they stay involved. They stay involved attending our events, participating as volunteers. A lot of people that work at Mary's List are graduates of our program. You know, this is a community. I have found that people who come and sit down at this table with us, they stay. They, they, they stick with us. And, you know, Gulam, who is, was our original connection, he's an example of somebody who just heard about the work came to the table with so many areas of talent expertise and ability and connections and you know now years later you know we just had our first million dollar year we have it, just a few months ago we had a million dollars raised at a time where we have doubled the number of people who are participating in our program this year compared to last year in october 2021 we enrolled five times more families than we enrolled in october 2020 so this is coming at a very critical time.
1: Hmm. And are you focusing on the specific, um, like, uh, refugee population? Or are you kind of like, hey, if new refugee comes into this, are you just uh, specific, uh, like, you know, if it's just from Syria or Afghanistan or say, hey, you know what, from any specific region? Or, spe- uh, or, or and then the second thing is, is it is, is Mary's list focused on uh, just, where you're based from, or is it is it a national effort? Is it certain states that you're working with? Just to also kind of give us a better idea for some people who maybe want to help.
2: Yeah, so Mary's List Programming is available to anybody that comes through the United States Federal Refugee Admissions Program hmm. in the last 12 months. So anytime, somebody can apply anytime in their first year in the country and our program lasts 12 months. Now we began here in Los Angeles, that's where I'm here in my home office in LA. Um, we expanded to Southern California. That was all kind of happening in the first year. We went from first family to, the, to 40 families served in the first year of Mary's List. Mm-hmm. Um, then Sacramento came onto the map for us and we enrolled about 100 families from Sacramento. And now we're serving families across 19 states nationally. And 30% of our families live in the DC metro area, Virginia, And and that's actually where I'm from. I'm from Maryland. It's such a thrill to be able to meet people over the phone and, uh, you know, get to welcome them and let them know that, you know, they're living in my home state.
0: Could could you talk to us about this really cool initiative I was reading about on the website, the pop-up dinners and what purpose they serve?
2: So um, I think you are referring to our program, New Arrival Supper Club. This is a program in that third Thrive category of uh, of the program, and it's specifically for resettling chefs. It can be professional chefs or home chefs, but we found very early on, you know, I was describing that, like, kind of living room picnic that I had with the first family where, you know, they just kind of brought out what they had, and, you know, a lot of sitting down and spending time with somebody who you don't share language with is made more comfortable and just more exciting when you're sharing a meal. And it's this kind of universal language that like you sit down at the table with someone and you share a meal and you become bonded as as friends. And um, New Arrival Supper Club came about in 2017 when um, a volunteer had the, had an idea to host a dinner party that was, made, that was catered by a, a chef, a Syrian chef in our program. And she said, I'll host it in my backyard. And we did it. We put up a ticket page. It sold out in two hours. And NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt came. And we, we realized that this was not a one-off dinner party. This was something that was tapping into a need, which was opportunities to meet our new neighbors, Hmm. opportunities to learn about the culture of another. And then this one is so important, opportunities for resettling refugee families to show off their skills and their talent and their family history. Family recipes are family history. And like, I will talk about Kabbali Palau with every single family that I get the opportunity to because everyone has so, these there's family history that's tied to these important comfort foods. So, you know, five years later, New Arrival Supper Club. You know, we have done monthly events since then. Um, we have been able to employ resettling chefs. We've been able to continuously raise money for Muri's List, and tens of thousands of people have been able to experience the culture of a new arrival family, get to meet their new neighbors. And for us, it's just bringing so much more attention to really what Mary's is all about, which we're not here selling Kabbali Palau or selling falafel or, you know, depending on what the menu is and who's cooking. But, you know, we're here to create opportunities for people to connect as new friends, new neighbors, to make our community stronger. That's what it's all about, these simple moments of human connection. It can even It can even be done during a global pandemic when you can't even be in the same room as someone. And let me show you what we, where's my, my box of letters? Oh, unfortunately I don't, I don't, oh, it's over there. I'm gonna get it, hold on, you're gonna love this. In 2020, as we were trying to kind of navigate how we could adapt our program to exist with all of the connections, but we would have to do it virtually we started asking people to write welcome letters wow. to our families mm. this is the mail i picked up this week wow we get a box like this every couple of weeks people from all over the country are able to send in you know these handwritten notes that you know i'll read this one it says dear friend you are kind smart lovable beautiful and worthy May all the good you give come back to you. Much love from Shauna. And we put these letters on top of every single item that we send to families. And so when a family opens up a box that's from Mary's List, they know that it's coming from an organization that's made up of people who care. And those letters, you know, we'll put a whole pile of them on top. And it's, it's just, it has the, we're able to almost create opportunities to counteract some of the messages that they have been exposed to about the way American people feel about immigrants. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think it has a transformative impact.
1: Hmm. So, so uh, Mary, like, for example, if I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Chicago, and if I, if the, I find out there's a refi- uh, refugee family, for an individual like me, is it, where we could contact you and then you help us find resources to kind of like, okay, hey, they got settled, but now they need these next 12 months to kind of, and you will be a resource for a family here, or do you have, are they, 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 you kind of set them up? So if someone wants to be a part, <clears throat> one is financially, and all the audience here, make sure you can help out, support. Very, yeah. But if, if suppose one say, well, I want to uh, help out, or you might be a religious in, or, or uh, organization where, you might cater or have people of that ethnicity in that area uh, of of these refugees. I just want to kind of to walk some people through who might be listening, who might be not in California, you know, in in Dallas, you know, I'm in Chicago and say, Oh, you know what? Hey, you know, some people watch this and say, well, okay. You know, what what would be the process if someone wanted to get involved?
2: Well, that second stage, that second step hive, Uh that's, where we are getting a lot of people involved with the families directly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned, you know, learning English and like participating in our in our English conversational English program would include that family being matched with a trained volunteer tutor. Tutoring mm-hmm. English is one way to get involved with Mary's list, but there are so many more ways to get involved. Another program that we're offering in that hive phase where we're just trying to increase the number of community connections that each family has. So local friends are so important in this hiving experience, not necessary because we're able to provide that hive for families who even live in very remote places where we don't necessarily have staff or volunteers, Mm -hmm. but that is, you know, it's such an important time where, you know, with everyone's permission, people getting involved directly. Um, We have lots of volunteers who are um, volunteer who are, Uh, Making wish lists for families, you know, taking this like long list of needs and turning it into an online wish list. We have people who are volunteering as family ambassadors and that's kind of working with a few friends or maybe it's a classroom of students, but making sure that one family's wish list gets completely fulfilled Um, Mm -hmm. These are, you know, a few of the examples of ways that people are getting involved with Mary's List. We have a volunteer page on our website where we describe those and then a lot more. And it's so needed. We ha- we're, we're able to accomplish a lot with a very small staff. We're just 16 people. And um, it's thanks to the con- contributions of our volunteers.
0: Could you give us an example of transformation that you've seen in terms of a particular family? If you, if you don't want to give us a name, a name, that's fine, but if you could talk to us about a family that came in, and obviously a lot of these refugees who came uh, come in, as you mentioned, the reason that you have the survive uh, model or the survive step is because some of them just need the very basic steps uh, in, in the beginning. But give us an example of a family now that's thriving, a family that's gone through the program and that's giving, giving back and maybe even doing some amazing things in their locality.
2: Yeah, I, I I mean, there's so many examples that, you know, that I, I just, I find this work to be so, so fulfilling because I get to kind of watch so much incredible personal development, families who are g- going through huge transitions together and coming out the other side and inspiring others. Um, I am, you know, reminded of a family, they uh, moved to the U.S. Uh, in, 2019 from afghanistan um, dad is a medical doctor um, upon arrival to the united states he said he wanted to take advantage of this transitional time to relaunch his career he said he always wanted to start a business and um, you know over the course of a couple of years he that's what he did he built he just he just launched a private security firm He is hiring uh, folks who uh, come from Afghanistan and who worked with the U.S. military like he did um, and um, able to provide jobs for people who are in the situation he and his family were in just a few years ago. Um, I think that's really cool because, you know, we you know, we know that when when people come here as refugees from other countries, that it's really hard for them to kind of bring their careers with them. And um, this was a person who has always had a dream to be a business owner, and um, he he was able to make that dream come true. And it kind of changes in a different way, like you know that narrative of like not continuing your career because of a loss. This was something that was part of him getting onto a path of accomplishing his dream. And, you know, we're able to help him even today, you know, he came to us, he said, all right, we got licensed, we launched the website. Um, now we need some help with social media marketing. We are, All right, we're going to find you an expert in social media marketing who's going to work with you. And so, you know, when we put the word out in our hive of volunteers, hey, who's available to help this new business owner from Afghanistan? Um, you know, there was a lot of people who raised their hand. So, you know, we picked a couple and now he has a team of people who are dedicated to his success. You know, this is about, you know, showing up for someone in their time of need, but also, you know, making space for that person to give and receive. Wow.
0: Complete loop, right? In terms of someone who's helped and now is probably donating, hiring people. As you mentioned, that we're in the same situation as he was. Now, if, on the flip side, can you give us a story of a volunteer? Um, that maybe started off in the organization and has just maybe moved up the ranks of the organization or who maybe someone who just did it to fulfill community service hours, but now is just so connected to the organization. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of times, you know, what you see on social media is reality, right? So if I see this organization, Mary's List, they have a lot of big people behind it, or they finally raised a million dollars this last year, I may think, you know what, there's not much I can give them. But in reality, once you start giving and you're on the ground, you'll see so many more opportunities open up.
2: Well, first of all, every single member of our staff started out as a volunteer, myself included. Um, Across the board, when we have a new position open up, we are always like, all right, who's already doing that job as a volunteer? And then we just hire that person. (laughs) It's been wonderful for recruiting because it means we've never had to like work really hard to find the person. Um, People show up. To do this, the people who are doing this work with us, it's because they are so dedicated and so passionate about this work. Um, I think that I am probably like most moved by my colleague, the way my colleague Christina got involved with Mary's List. Um, it was, you know, she told me some of this backstory, but, you know, all I know it is from when she originally emailed us. But it was at a really critical time um, in 2020. It was, at a time that our families needed things really urgently, things like a laptop so they could attend school. Like our families couldn't attend school when schools closed. A lot a lot of them just didn't have the devices and face masks and hand sanitizer and like all of these emergency things. And I had a conversation with our head of programming and realizing that we had to have an emergency campaign where we would launch all of the family's lists, like probably 50 to 100 extra than we were usually typically doing, um, and then matching each one of those um, lists with uh, dedicated ambassadors, volunteer ambassadors. We realized that this campaign was going to need full-time oversight. And we were like, huh, all right, let's see if we can find that person. The very next day, I got an email from somebody named Christina who basically said, I was walking with my partner last night and they asked me, um, what's the kind of job that you want? What's your dream job? We were, they were just kind of having a conversation about like careers. And, and she said, well, I'd really like to work at an organization like Miri's List. And her partner on that walk encouraged her to send me the email that she sent me that night. And it said, I am so passionate about this work i've been following following mary's list i've been contributing to the list i want to do anything that you need and here's what i'm good at organizing spreadsheets coordinating people talking to people over the phone she basically wrote the job description of the exact thing we needed that i i called i called her that day and i said would you be willing <laughs> to be the director of our ambassador program and she said yes and um today she oversees program development. Um, Christina Karassis is leading our entire wish list program. She's She is making sure that the programming that we're offering in that high phase of Mary's List is aligned with what our family's needs are. That means that she's like working with every member of our family services team to find out more about what our families need. It's just, it's a position that like, she basically, you know, created through doing the work. She got involved with that just that one uh ambassador campaign for those hundred families. But then when we completed it, we were like, all right, what do you want to do next? We will literally give you any job so, and you know, we have um there's a volunteer in our welcome workshop. Um, this is part of our survive programming in that first pillar, um, sending essential supplies, you know, packing those supplies into kits for families, getting them out. Um, a, an incredible, see, she's a senior in high school now. Um, her name is Layla. She goes to a school here in LA. She decided to volunteer with Mary's List last summer and um, she's doing her senior capstone about work, uh, helping resettling refugees. Well, she never stopped volunteering with us. She came every week in the summer and she has come twice a week since then. So for another six months. And, you know, I think that. You know, for some a high schooler, a senior in high school, to be making time even when they, you know, the the summer internship ended, but she, but she was still in, and I know I hope she's waiting to hear back from colleges right now, and I'm like crossing my fingers that she's gonna go somewhere local, but she applied for schools that are far away. I think one in Chicago actually, but um, you know, what we hope is that the people who are participating in Mary's list. Whether you're as a volunteer, staff member, we call it the dream team—the people that work at Mary's List—we um, just we want everyone to be building, building towards the skills they want, the relationships they want, the kind of work environment that they want to be in. Um, you know, ultimately, that is what would be a success for me.
1: Can, can I? I'm going to Mary just ask a tough question. That a lot of times, you know, um, being an immigrant myself and, and working in, you know, uh, sometimes in the community. Um, the question comes up, you know, sometimes and in, 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 in not in general public, but like in small kind of conversations. And now you've you, you, why well, I wanted to ask you, because you deal day to day with individuals who are refugees. Some might say, well, you know, OK, we're bringing in these refugees and it's affecting our economy or maybe our jobs. Maybe that adds on more people to the well, you know, uh, uh, you know, where we have to give for welfare. So maybe taking a toll on America, bringing uh, having these refugees here. What would you say to that you know to indiv- you know individuals who might feel like hey this is causing just more human capital uh and financial capital taking care of refugees you know you know I just mm-hmm. want to kind of get your thoughts of how um you know to just the general public who might be watching or just might get forward to others and saying well hey this is great this is what you're doing but just want to maybe see if that's something you're you're okay to get your thoughts on or you might be maybe heard about this before I don't know, you know it's, I've heard
2: it all, <laughs> I've heard it all. I would say, first of all, it's very well documented over the course of many years, decades, that you know, the, the, this country has been resettling refugees basically since after World War II when boats full of mostly Jewish refugees, including my great-grandparents, were coming here fleeing the Nazis. Um, by the way, before there was a modern-day re- refugee resettlement program, there was nothing to do with those people who were coming on boats. A lot of those boats were returned. And those, a lot of those people didn't make it. Um, that was the circumstance under which the modern day refugee resettlement program was, was, was created. And there has been data collected since then that shows in every which way that you cut it, that refugees and immigrants add to our society in every which way that you look at it. And that's probably what I would say to that person to go look into. The other thing that I would ask that person, unless they are Native American, their family came from somewhere. And I'd love to know more about that. You know, we have an opportunity to show up for people who are arriving right now. Not because we necessarily have been through what they've been through, but someone showed up for my great grandparents and I find it super fulfilling to be able to, to do that today. And actually Miri's List partners with HIAS, which, um, for a number of programs, but, and we'll, we'll probably do more of it in the future, but my grandparents came here through HIAS. That was their resettlement agency when, when we came, you know, all those generations ago, my great grandparents, excuse me. And I think that that's important. This isn't something that is so far away or removed from any part, any person here. Mm. And, uh, This is not about an economy. This is about moms and dads and toddlers and babies and teens and grandpas and grandmas, young couples that are about to have their first baby and they're doing that without having their parents and that kid's grandparents local. That's really difficult. We We can intervene. We can help families get the things personal uh, connections and and community and the programming that they need to ultimately do what what all of us want, which is that they're contributing members of society that they're here to give to develop themselves to create opportunities for themselves and their children it is just as important that their children's needs are met that, that, that as ours that is that's what we believe and and there's not a political party, disagrees with that. Uh, all Everyone believes that families should have what they need to take care of themselves. That's it's just the basics.
1: Well, you know, Imran, um, uh, for me, I just wanna say thank you, Mary, for giving an opportunity to educating us and helping us learn about the refugee uh, community. And then hopefully we could, inspiring us to hopefully lead in any way that we can. And, and, and anyway, that could be if that could be volunteering your time to giving uh, support to Mary's organization, any other organizations, and then even the refugees for educating them as they're transitioning here, and 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 helping them learn the the, the ins and outs of the uh, of, of the of the routines, and then and and leading lead for future their for family and future individuals refugees that come. So I really want to thank you for uh, taking your time and Imran giving me an opportunity to. Be, to uh, To have this opportunity to be with you through uh, to uh, Imran, so I just I just want to say thank you so much, Mary, for this, and Imran for giving me the opportunity to be here and learning more about this and and being insp- inspirational. So I really appreciate that.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and I I was quiet most of the time because it was just a learning experience, and I think it's great. You know, just even uh, Gulam is a good friend now, and. He's also, you know, he, he was part of a small team that started a uh, refugee organization in, in Houston. And just the commonalities between the individuals you get to interview and learn from, which is there's a spark. There's something that just makes everything click. And I think I, I love what you said, Mary, is passion and purpose. And when you figure out what your passion and your purpose is, everything else becomes much easier, right? It's easy to put in those long hours. It's easy to put in uh, the long nights, sleep less. And get this work that needs to get done done so I, I really appreciate it and i'm going to encourage everyone to go to maryslist.org learn about the organization donate and look up read about certain programs that you that might align with what your uh you know what values you have and support the organization in whatever way that you can so mary thank you again for making time for us and we hope to have you on soon So much, you're welcome. All right, Habib. So, great, great interview today with Mary, and uh, thank you again for co hosting. and Looking forward to the next one
1: for sure. And I appreciate it. And thank you again, uh, Mary, for um, coming on and sharing her, her, her story. I think it, it's great and then very inspirational. I, I think you know, there's things that we could do. So, everyone who's watching, think about Here. what you can do to help out.
0: Yep. And 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 learn from others that have done it, like Mary, like our friend Golam, who we've interviewed before. Very again, simple people, and not people who come from affluent, you know, means or backgrounds. There's a there's a passion, there's a spark, and then there's a dedication to figure it out, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the towels that I have on my bathroom floor or in my linen closet and I'm gonna donate them. I'm gonna take the extra cans of soup and I'm gonna donate them, right? Or I'm gonna save a couple hundred dollars every check and I'm gonna donate it. I'm gonna volunteer my time. There's not only donation through money. But there's donation through your intellectual uh, creativity, your intellectual ability, and also your time. So think about those things. And uh, we'll see you all soon. All
1: right. Make sure. Educate, learn, and lead. Have a great day.